1: everybody, welcome to RotoWire's wires Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the good folks at WinBet. This is also known as the Saquoncast, uh, Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Um, it, it was an interesting week Four. we finally saw a lot of, you know, some guys come back to value that we were worried about early on, or maybe you weren't worried about, but uh, how was your week, Chris?
2: It was good. It was really good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the Giants game for once. Trying on this light, it's a little, uh, there we go, a little more light. Um I really enjoyed the Giants game for once in the last three years. It was uh, really enjoyable. Um, Danny Dimes played out of his mind gets a good defense. Saquon looked great. Galladay, the big signing this year, he looked the part. Uh, Kadarius Toney had a breakout. He got a key third down, broke a lot of tackles. He's the guy that Elijah Moore was promised to be, that elusive, super quick uh, run-after-the-catch receiver, and he really looked good. And it was kind of, I mean, you know, Sterling Shepherd and Slayton were out, and it was kind of good because it it kind of opened up things for him. And now they know what they have. And then Saquon was amazing. And Danny Dimes to Saquon uh was great. Saquon had the game-winning touchdown in overtime. It was just a a fantastic game. Now they were Sean Payton did his best to help the Giants too, which I liked. He was a, you know, he's an ex-Giants coach. Yeah. Um, and he uh he tried a field goal. I've never seen this on a 58 yard field goal with ex giant backup kicker, Aldrick Rosas and uh 58 yard field goal on fourth and three. It's just right. insane. I mean, it, it was like, well, if Justin
1: Tucker ha- can do it, anybody, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> but
2: even, even with Justin Tucker, I wouldn't try a 58 yard on fourth and three. I mean, I w- I probably would just, you know, fourth and three is, is a go for it down unless it's, you know, unless you're down two and there's 10 seconds left or something pretty much. So that was just crazy. Uh, and and Sean Payton is so weird because he obviously does something well, but that, and then he challenged, he also had a challenge where it was the Giants like on second and whatever, four or whatever, got like a like a four yard game. They got a first down and he threw the flag and had he won the challenge, the Giants would have had third and inches. That was the win. That was the upside. And he lost the challenge, wasted a timeout anyway. But even if he won, it was like, oh, oh, I'll hold them to third in inches. This is a really good plan. So I don't know where his head was at, but I appreciate it. Uh, the Giants played great. Danny Dimes played great. Defense got a lot of fourth down stops. Um, and it was just it was just really enjoyable for a giant from a Giants fan perspective.
1: I, uh, I'm thankful for this, too, because uh, a lot of people had the Saints and Survivor. I'm in this contest and you've, you've been in it before too, the season SZn.com mm-hmm. great contest, but uh, they pointed out that Jameis is the anti-survivor guy. He will always do the opposite of what you affect, uh, expect excuse me. Um, the two weeks where they were favored, they lost at New England or at, you know I mean excuse me at Carolina and then this week home against the Giants, finally home for the first time. The two weeks where they're expected to lose they won. In Jacksonville against Green Bay and at New England, um, and Jameis has always had this history too. It, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's not just the Saints; it's it, it is the Saints too. They've all they've been a fan like a survivor killer for years. Oh,
2: totally. They 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 wiped me out week one one year. I think.
1: Yeah, uh, and then this year they're they're a four for four and doing the opposite of what you expect. It's it's hilarious.
2: Opposite teams and opposite players are the killers because like. If if you do what you're supposed to, then you start the guy against the weak defense, and he goes off. And then you sit him against the tough defense; he does nothing, and you're happy. But the the opposite guys are the killers because you never get their proper fantasy points. And I was thinking, I wrote about this. I think Devontae Adams last year just crushed the weak defenses, and he was very mediocre. I'm mean, obviously starting him no matter what against the good defenses. And last week against Pittsburgh, this week didn't do much, but just absolutely destroys uh, the bad pass defenses; just owns them. And that's yeah. the perfect fantasy player. I mean, I mean, again, you're going to start him every week, so it doesn't really matter. But you you want your guys to, to be predictable. That it makes a big difference, especially at the margins.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it does. So, uh, any other takeaways from uh, Gi- you know Giant Saints? I'll say I'll tell you one. You know, Pey- you know, it, it's still a pro- Kamara still got a problem. A Taysom Hill problem. This is huge. In some leagues, I was going up against uh, Kamara, and you know, Hill's, he'll go- he vultured away two touchdowns.
2: Hill is good at the goal line. He's big. He's physical. He runs hard. And also because he can take the snap as a QB, they have 10 blockers. So yeah. it makes perfect sense to use Cam Newton or Taysom Hill at the goal line. You have an extra blocker running back. You're handing it off and the QB is not a blocker. So I guess you could direct snap the Camara just the same. Uh, but you know, he's used to taking it that way. He's used to taking the snap rather than the handoff. And this is a, probably a long-term problem. I, and and it's going to cut into his touchdowns. The other disturbing thing is he got a career high in carries of 26, but he got zero targets. So Kamara was the most efficient per touch running back in the history of the NFL. That's a Scott Barrett stat. Um, because he, he got so many catches per touch, not a lot of carries, which are less you know fantasy points, and so many touchdowns per touch. So you know, he'd get the same amount of touchdowns as Derrick Henry on 150 less carries, but the problem is. Now, he's getting carries, no catches, and no goal line. So, basically, he's the opposite. This is exactly what you did not want. You don't care that he got 26 carries. It does you no right. good. So, you got you 12 points. You know, he ran great. Offensive line is good. Now, I'm sure that'll change a little bit. But, um, you know, when Kamara has fewer catches than I think Derek Henry, or it's pretty close this year, um, that's a big problem.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, is, this, is this something that's repeatable? I, I, I kind of – I kind of worry. I I I i I kind of think that's kind of like Eckler not getting any catches in week one. It's just kind of like, uh, it just didn't happen this week.
2: Um <clears throat> maybe, but look at his catches the whole year. He's not getting you know six, seven catches a game. It's it's not just this week. I mean, this week was the most glaring um example, but I'm looking at his game log. He had
1: four, six, and four on targets. Yeah, it's yeah, not great. Three,
2: four, three, zero. So you know, Derek Henry, I know he had six catches one week and three. I know he had two last week. Derek Henry has more catches than Camara on the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, all this time we were thinking, okay, Jameis would be better for Camara than Taysom Hill, and he probably is still, but.
2: But no. Is, not Maybe used, it was really not, a
1: Drew Brees issue. Maybe it's just Brees was so good at leading him and all that.
2: And, and checking down. He's going to check down every time because he doesn't yeah, have legs. Is, the right. is Jameis doesn't really have legs, but he can move a little bit. Um, and it's just his style of play. Jameis throws down the field. He's got a bigger arm. Um, and although he's been digging and dunking mostly to receivers, but he just doesn't check down that much. And, um, you know, the, the Hill problem we thought was like, oh, well, it's going to screw uh, Kamara on the goal. But well, they're bringing him anyway on the goal line. So it doesn't really matter who the QB is. Right. Um, and Kamara, I mean, I think, you know, you don't want to panic. He will get more catches, but I would, he's not any longer. I mean, I would take Saquon straight up ahead of Kamara right now.
1: Yeah. Um. And let's talk Saquon. Obviously, his best game so far. He looked good. Uh. Yeah. Where are you putting him among running backs now?
2: Um. Maybe one with McCaffrey hurt.
1: One? Huh. Interesting. Over Derrick I mean, Henry.
2: I mean, it's close. It's close. I mean, Henry had two, only two catches this week. That team is okay. It's not necessarily even better than the Giants right now. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think so. I think I put him over Henry. I mean, he's he's healthy now. He gets more catches. I mean, if Henry keeps getting a lot of catches, then it's a closer call. Um, he only had two this week, so I'm not really sure. But I think I've got. Uh, I think I got to put Barkley one. Yeah, I think I would take him ahead Henry of
1: Henry. I'm taking Henry above him still. Um, I, I'm take. I don't. I, I haven't. I, I, I'm gonna rewatch this game. I want to see exactly. I mean, I'm and you know, I'm number scouting right now. I'm not really. I haven't seen the replay of this game yet. Uh, 13 for 52. I mean, that's okay. That's against uh, the Saints.
2: That was against the Saints. That's like one of the best run defenses in yeah. the league.
1: Well, Henry was against the. Oh wait, the Jets. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: Hold he up. had 30. He had 33 carries, and, and that is what's great about Henry. But Henry took some nasty shots. I don't know if you watched the overtime and the. Yeah. He was getting yeah, drilled. I, I'm curious about his injury report status. I know he's a beast, but like he took some big shots. And yeah, if
1: there's long-term ramifications too, and, I mean, and they have no other weapons. I mean, they were down Brown and Julio and that, that made a big deal. You could tell it made a really big deal in the passing game. Uh, but you know, Tennessee also had their chances early against the jets. The jets were jetsing it up in the first half offensively that Tennessee defense actually looked good for a half a second. Once they, once that stopped and Zach Wilson stopped giving it away, Tennessee was kind of toothless. I mean, they, they had a pretty impressive drive to tie the game late. Uh, but this was, and then they they were cowardly in overtime. They played for that tie.
2: Yeah. Well, no, they, well, on the last, they had to kick the field goal because it was like, there was like 20 seconds left. No,
1: but, All the stuff before that, the play calling was so slow, there was no urgency. They were trying, they they were content to try to kick the try to
2: tie. Well, you might be too in that division, right? I mean, the Colts were 0-3, and you get a tie, you're what were you two and one and you two one and one? I mean, the tie might be a win in that division, so it's not wrong. But um, and they beat the Colts head to head. Uh, but so tie may be all you really need and and not risk the loss. Um, I thought Tannehill fought like a a maniac he got sacked seven times he had no receivers and they were right there at the end I mean the Jets defense isn't great but they were getting pressure um it was uh it was cool they they knocked out some people in Survivor the Saints the Giants and Jets both won helped people in Survivor and I really feel good about the Bills I mean it sucked because I wanted I was joking but I said I was wanted some drama I wanted to you know be on the edge of death torture to the edge of death like I was uh with the Ravens and this is like, you know, obviously the easiest, one of the easiest games you could have, 40 to nothing. But it also shows like, don't force, don't force the thing if the pot odds aren't there. If you're not getting paid for switching teams, don't switch teams. And the Bengals could have lost easily. They were on the ropes. Yes, I mean, the Jaguars punted it in the in the uh, fourth quarter. If they go for it and make it, maybe it's they them who are kicking the uh, game-winning field goal. So um, yeah, it was just a, it's just a vindication. It was like, you know, Take risks where risks are warranted, but don't take risks where the risk is not, uh, where you're not being compensated for it.
1: Yeah, uh, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, this is the bank having the Bengals this week was like having, uh, you know, your squeak by with the Ravens last week there. Bengals didn't have a lead until the very last play of the game. Uh, but hey, I'll take it. As a Bengals fan, I'm, I'm still pumped because they won without their best. That's the way I look at it there. they They clearly. We're not up for the game, despite like a crazy wild crowd. Um, they, it was almost like missing that field goal on the very first drive, kind of took the wind out of their uh, balloon a little bit. Jacksonville just drove down. They were missing their top cover corner, their top safety. Uh, they get, they're going to get T. Higgins back next week. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you need to win without your ass. They host the Packers, uh, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a massive crowd, probably a lot of Packers fans, but it will be a sellout. They had like 63,000 on Thursday night for the Jaguars. So they're excited there for this team. And, you know, it's a fun team. Burrow is fun to watch. Uh, The defense has some fun players. They do generate a pass rush. So I I, I think it could be, uh, I'm going to have this false October optimism, but let me have it. I don't usually even get that.
2: Yeah, I mean they're they're not terrible, and it's something to root for. You got some young guys, you know, Burrow and Chase and Higgins. I mean, why wouldn't you be excited about it? I mean, you should be. Exactly. Exactly. So enjoy it. You know, they're you'll you'll get. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. I don't think, but you don't know. What if Burrow is like the one? Burrow has the attitude. Who was? I was Andre was talking about it on our show. He has the attitude. You know, he had. I mean, so does does. Baker Mayfield. Even though Baker Mayfield, I think, isn't very good, but like you know, swagger. Yeah, it's it's not it's necessary it's not sufficient right so right but if you don't have it you know it's like you i, I think you're kind of limited you have to be able to take the ball in that drive with pass rush with bad things happening around you and just feel like have the confidence that you're going to get it done you know I, i've heard it described the qb is like the guy with the spear who has to kill the bear and you know and it's like it, it might not be the strongest guy but it's the guy who can sit there and like you know, watch it, come up to him and be patient and and do it. You know, it's, it just takes a lot of nerve to be an NFL quarterback and you either have, or you don't. Yep. And some of these guys kind of have it or they're talented, but then when the real pressure is on, they don't, they can't do it. And, um, if you can find a guy who has enough natural talent and can do it, you know, and Burrow kind of seems like that, um, this, this, you know, then you're, see, then you don't have a ceiling, you know, then it's just about, you need to get some balances. You need to get some teammates around you. You need to have health, but you, you don't really have a ceiling in that case.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to have a team that has ceiling. So I'm I'm excited about that. Or, or, or I should say a high ceiling. Uh, is, there, there's a possibility there and Pittsburgh sucks. That's always fun too. So I'm pretty happy about that.
2: Yeah. The Steelers are really bad. And I, you know, that green Bay line of six and a half seems so trappy, like, why is this only six and a half in Lambeau? Like it's making me suspicious, but I'm like, I got to take the Packers anyway. And of course, if they got that block field goal touchdown, they might've covered, but you know, you shouldn't have to rely on that. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, there was nothing, there was no, no there, there. There was nothing there. It was just, right. it was just, it's just the Pittsburgh uh, brand. I talked to this with Rufus when you, on the show last week, the brand mm. of the Steelers has some cachet still, but the reality of it is, is pretty weak.
1: They have some. They have good talent in some places. It just—it's really getting held, hold, held back by the quarterback, and I think the defense is just a little bit off too. So, anyways, um, before I move on, uh, we'll, we're going to talk uh, Bears Lions here in a second. But uh, before we do that, if there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RiddleWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. We are breaking down week five uh the lions just failed in in the red zone yet again i think just now uh it was it was a brutal game they kept on driving and then stalling out or getting or having dumb turnovers inside the 10-yard line it was really crazy how that that first half played out
2: yeah i had the bears as my best bet so i'll take it uh I, they had to stop a lot of fourth down uh had a lot of fourth down conversions that didn't happen and i'll take it but uh it was weird the lions are just yeah. They're just one of those teams that, that does that kind of thing. I don't know. I, I mean, there's not, what else can you say? I mean, they just had a lot of chances.
1: Yeah. Um, in this game, David Montgomery got hurt. They're going to have a, you know, an MRI today. They don't think it's a torn ACL. They think it's a hyperextended knee. That's it still sucks. It still probably puts them out for a couple of weeks. So I got to imagine Damian Williams is going to be a pretty big, uh, pickup option this week, especially with the way the bears offense is running.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, we thought last year that uh, Dave Montgomery had uh, been like wishboned and his groin was split when he fell in yeah, like in a horrible right. way and got carted off. And then he played week one and then was like the best back in the second half last year. So um, that dude is kind of unkillable, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully it's just a minor thing, but um, yeah, Damon Williams is probably going to be the, uh, probably the pickup this week.
1: Does Justin Fields kill Allen Robinson's value? Only had three targets yesterday, six the week before, four the week before that.
2: It hurts. It doesn't help. Um, you know, but Darnell Mooney had a big game, so I think that could just as easily be Robinson. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it kills it, and you know, it's just he's really only played you know game and a half, so he's going to have to get his you know no, two and, like, and a half
1: games, two and a half.
2: Now, he, did he start last week? He started uh, last week uh, against Cleveland.
1: Uh, it's just it was hard to remember because he had like one yard. Six, he, had, he had
2: six completions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So he. I mean, he should get better and. I think things like the progressions, like knowing who's where and like, you know, you're reading things like it's the plays developing and you're figuring out like where to get the ball on timing. I think that stuff's going to get a lot better probably. So no, I I don't think it kills his value, but I thought Robinson was just a can't fail player. I was like, he'd get hurt like anyone else, but if he's healthy, he's going to catch 95 passes. He cannot fail. And you know, I, I have been wrong so far. He's totally failed.
1: Yeah. Uh, he get, they get Vegas next week at Vegas. So we'll see. I mean, they play Vegas still play, has to play tonight against the Chargers. Uh, that's the uh, last of the prove-it games for the week. The teams that were trying to prove it had a mixed result. Arizona, we'll, we'll talk about that in detail a little bit more, but they dominated. They, they were awesome. They, they, they proved everything. Um, the Broncos were the opposite. They failed miserably. Even before Bridgewater got hurt, they weren't moving the ball very well. They had one good drive early on. Um, and then the, the in-between result, I think, was Carolina at Dallas. Uh, you know, they had the you, – you could look at it a couple different ways. They had a halftime lead. They got screwed on one call. That was a really bad missed call by the refs. Uh, but they also fell behind a lot in the second half. Darnold turned the ball over a couple of times. And they had, scored a garbage-time touchdown to make it kind of closer late. But I, I think Carolina's a legit decent team. Um, I don't – but obviously they got knocked down a peg last week, yesterday too.
2: Yeah. I mean, Denver was suspect. I mean, the Giants just played a terrible game against them and they crushed them. Then they had the Jets and Jaguars, which are probably the two worst teams in football. And they got exposed. I actually switched that. I had Denver and I switched it to Baltimore, which I don't normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because I just hadn't really thought through like how bad the competition was that Denver had beaten up on it. Teddy Bridgewater's not good. And Drew Locke's worse. Drew so like, Locke
1: was terrible. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's he's bad, and but Teddy Bridgewater's not good. He's just better than Locke. So, um, yeah, that was that was smart. And then the other one I switched was the uh, I had the Dolphins, and I switched back to the Colts because I forgot. I was like, wait, Brissett, and then I thought, oh, but Wentz, but Brissett, but Wentz, mm-hmm. but Brissett's worse than Wentz. Brissett is just he just cannot he cannot yeah. get it done. There's just nothing there. The Dolphins have nothing. There's nothing to the Dolphins, and so. You know, that was that was kind of an easy call too. But um, I thought Carolina, the problem is Darnold. I think Darnold, he, those rushing touchdowns, he's got five rushing touchdowns, by the way, in four games. He's on pace yep. for like, what, 20 rushing touchdowns, Darnold. And they're good plays. I mean, he looks quick. He runs well. He moves well. But he had those two picks in the third quarter. And that's Darnold. Can make any play. Is more mobile than you think. Great arm. Can throw on the move. Can just make incredible throws. Uh, but will always make that boneheaded pick. I, I just think like in college, he threw a lot of picks. With the Jets, he showed signs, and they would make the bad play. I mean, I know the mm-hmm. situation was bad, but I am not bullish on Carolina because I don't think the QB scales to like higher against better teams.
1: I, and I think that's exactly right. And, and you mentioned college with Darnold. It was the tough games is where he came up a little small. I remember the bowl game against uh, Ohio State where – Kind of, you know, Ohio State bludgeoned him that game. And a lot of that was he could not handle their pass rush. Now, you know, that's a good pass rush, Chase Young and and company. I mean, that'll do that to you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I I was, you know, yeah, you're right. I think there is a certain ceiling. He's definitely way better than he was with the Jets, but it still might not be good enough. And that's that's the interesting thing. Uh, But, uh, okay, Uh, looking at the rest of that game, uh, any other takeaways from Dallas, Carolina?
2: Um, Dallas's defense is good and that's going to hurt Dak and the receiver. So Zeke had a big game. Pollard was good, but you see, you see CD lamb did almost nothing. Cooper had a hamstring, but he scored a touchdown. They sp- spread it around. Dalton Schultz seems like the guy, but Dak had like 200 yards or less. Um, he had four touchdowns, but that's not the important thing. They are just not having to throw, uh, as much because their defense is good. And so I just don't, and Dak is not mobile this year. He just doesn't move. So. I think I don't think Dak is the top 10 fantasy quarterback right now. So that's my takeaway with Dallas.
1: Yeah, it's around 10 for me. Uh we'll see. But yeah, it, it's it's not the same as before. You're absolutely right. He's he does not move around nearly as well. And that's obviously should be expected to do a little bit there. Uh but yeah, that that that's that's an interesting takeaway. Yeah, you compare him versus Jalen Hurts. Dak is a much better player, but Hurts is, you know, the garbage time machine right now. Uh, and he, you know, he gets you that rushing floor and, you know, even when Philly's getting beat pretty comfortably in the second half, he's still producing. Although I will say the overturned touchdown in that Philly, Kansas city game was a huge play in that game.
2: Yeah, it was horrible. Cause they were going to cover and I, I really needed them to cover, but, um, but he also did something horrible on fourth down. He threw the ball oh, away. That 40 20. Oh, my I gosh. mean, to, to just oh. t- toss it, uh, honestly, throw a punt. Uh, You know, if you have to throw a punt, just throw it up in the air. high, let it get knocked around. Just do never on fourth down, throw it out of bounds or out of the end zone or to nobody just never do that. I don't know. To me, that's, that is a mark against the quarterback. I, you never see a poised quarterback do that because they know the situation. They're not just going to forget. I'll give them a mulligan one time, but usually when you throw the ball away on fourth down, um, it's just it's such a bad sign of, of your sort of situational awareness.
1: Yeah, especially when you're down two scores, three. Two, I think it was was it twelve was it twelve or seventeen at that? You know, I
2: it was it was one of the two. But either way, I mean, you just it's fourth in down fourth
1: quarter, Yeah, I mean, the,
2: I mean, if you throw the ball down the field and far, it's a punt if they intercept it. I mean, it's just yeah. there's no there's no justification for it. So right, and it was it was annoying. But I had hurts in a in one place, and he, he did well. Um, and he is a great fantasy quarterback and he does sling it all over the place. And Ertz is involved and Goddard's involved. I take Ertz had two, uh, end zone targets that didn't connect, but they're looking for him in the end zone. They're looking for him a lot. And Rieger's kind of, you know, in and out of the the target share, but it's like, it's what's his name. It's Gainwell, Ertz, Goddard and Smith. That's pretty much it, you know, and, and there's a lot of attempts. So all those guys are going to be useful. Miles Sanders is very frustrating, but. Those other yeah. guys are all getting involved.
1: Yeah, but how many people had Gainwell active? Unless you're in a really, really I deep I, I
2: benched him for Aguilar at the last second. I mm. I as my flex. I was like, Gainwell Aguilar. I was like Aguilar, you know, the Tampa had their whole secondary. I Aguilar had like four catches for like 40 yards or something, but yeah. Gainwell had 20 points.
1: Yeah. Uh but he's I think he's gonna be one of those guys that's a little bit uh risky there. Uh Fancy football geek ass time to give up on Sanders. No, I don't think it's time to give up on Sanders. I think that he's still a dynamic. He's frustrating. He's a headache. I just think it's a mistake to give up on him. I mean, I, I well,
2: it depends what you mean by give up, right? Like you're not right. going to drop him, but like give up, mean like don't start him until f- further notice or I mean, trade low. But you know that, yeah. that trading the- to me, trading is like, there is such a disproportionate amount of talk. In our industry, about trading versus the frequency of trades actually happening. Like trades always especially almost never football have,
1: versus baseball. And baseball yeah. trades happen all the time.
2: Yeah, but they're they, yeah, for category reasons, I guess they do more. Yeah. But and it, when we're like a keeper, like they're always happening because of keepers. And same with football for keepers, but for you know, and that's a whole different uh, analysis. But for like trading, people talk about oh, should I trade this guy? Should I trade this guy? Like, just worry about your free agents. And your start sit decisions, and if you get lucky and pull off a trade, great. But like that's like, you know, five percent of it.
1: Yeah. Um, and as far as like you know, start sit decisions, I'm going to have like it, I think it's like week to week on the matchups a little bit there. I mean, the last two have been extremely frustrating with him. I get it. Uh, I am still inclined to you know I'm I'm still going to have them somewhere around 20 in my rankings. I'm I'm thinking they get Carolina next week. You're not supposed to run against them very well, although. Zeke ran just fine against them, um, I, but that's Zeke. I think that's the that's the tricky part. It's an interesting decision. Next two weeks c- at Carolina against Tampa Bay. Not Tampa, no lot. no
2: ch- no chance. Gainwell right. is the guy you would use against Tampa if you're going to use either of them.
1: Yeah. So it is going it, to it's going to continue to be frustrating. But he was frustrating last year too. There, you know, we we had this discussion with Sanders last year.
0: So no, some but Sanders, but
2: Sanders, Sanders last year. It was a destroyed offense. It was they led the league in turnovers, both kinds of turnover and sacks. You can't be a running back in that kind of offense. And then he dropped a bunch of passes and fumbled. So like it was just that's true. This is not what's going on this year. This year, um, they're going away from him and they're using two things are happening. They're going away from him for no reason. And then they are also using Kenny Gainwell, who looks good. Yeah. So there's two problems at once, and it's it's not the, the disaster that was last year though.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, before I move on, a quick note from our friends at Yahoo. The new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off Daily Fantasy Football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry cont- entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 entry credit offer join one of yahoo's biggest contests in addition to the free credit yahoo has a one million dollar dfs football contest live the one million dollar contest features one million in total prizes including first place receiving hundred thousand dollars and an entry into the first ever yahoo fantasy football championship live finals event which will occur at mgm national harbor in maryland this december play daily fantasy football on yahoo this season visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. All right. Got a lot of other things to hit up here. Uh, we, we talked, uh, we didn't really cover the chief side, but Tyreek Hill is good. We knew he would be good. It was a matter of time. Some weeks it's going to be Kelsey. Some weeks it's going to be Hill. Honestly, I don't think there's much analysis to this one here. I just, it was no. awesome. The chiefs keep the, you know, when the chiefs keep the pedal to the metal, when they usually do good things happen. I love that. Instead of just like trying to run it in the pile to run the clock out. They were aggressive. It, it's it's the most effective way to win just keep scoring
2: yeah and Hill, you know that any you know he could have a couple quiet games but you know he's gonna have an outburst like this any second and you know it's he and Adams are one and one a and then you can rank anyone else you want Cooper Cup or Debo or you know DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson or whoever but I don't think there's any doubt who the top two guys are
1: yeah yeah uh, I hear you on that one um Football team and the Falcons. That was like two different games for a little bit. You know, early on, the football team couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, but, again, shockingly enough, the Falcons blew a lead. Uh, and T- Taylor Haneke had a massive game. F1 or Scary Terry or Touchdown Terry. Scary, ter-
2: scary Terry is the only good nickname. Come on. Mc-
1: no, McLaur- f one's a really good nickname. But you eh. just don't know any uh, Formula One. You just—that's why you don't get the the, the reference. I, I get
2: the reference, but it's not as good as scary Terry.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either way, he was awesome. I mean, that that second touchdown was just wild. When he uh,
2: fell down and came back to the ball, that one. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah. And Heineke had to scramble just to get it off. It was it was amazing. The the play to McKissick was pretty wild.
2: That and, sucked. Yep. They, they they had I mean just kick the field goal win by one you're laying one and a half i get the cover and yet they get this stupid touchdown down the sidelines it was like (laughs) there was no point in that it was like there was just no point and they even gave the ball back to matt ryan who couldn't get it done but that was just stupid just get it done just kick the field goal (laughs) jesus that was so i had it in the bag
1: well the best part too was you know there was you know a review of that whether he got in and of course if you're you know if you're your uh, the football team you're
0: gonna you know, kneel what, you're on better it better
1: off you, right you just
2: they might just kneel score. on it twice right they might just kneel on it twice on the three yard line and kick the field goal they probably right. would have that's probably what would have happened yeah. so like if if it gets overturned but whatever it was a touchdown but yeah the Falcons um I made a joke I said, you know I'm glad to see the Falcons are getting their first round pick freak athlete uh, involved finally yeah uh, Cor Patterson had three touchdown catches. Cordero Patterson is 6'3", 240, and runs like a four three five 5 or something, or at least he did. He's 30 He's years insane. old. And nobody else, even though like, he was kind of good on the Vikings, he scored 10 touchdowns that year, his rookie year. He's a first-round pick. Nobody else thought he was anything but a kick returner for 10 years. And now finally, a team's like, oh, maybe we'll get this ball and this monstrous guy who's super fast with great vision in the open field's hands now and then, see what happens. And everyone's like, ah, this is a fluke. It's Cordero Patterson. It's like, why? I don't understand why teams haven't gone to this guy. Oh, you got Mike Davis. He's got to touch the ball instead. And they did give Kyle Pitts like eight or nine targets, but he didn't do much. But yeah, I mean they've Cordero Patterson is an all-time athletic freak. All-time. Not just like he's pretty talented. He is an all-time freak. Yeah.
1: Uh I, I think I I think so. Uh it's crazy. Now Pitts's usage. I you know a lot of people are uh You know, getting, you know, we're talking about him being a generational prospect. I have him in stake league. That's the only place I have him because I thought I got a discount on him. I have to admit, I'm getting, I'm a little frustrated that he's not even getting the red zone usage. That's the thing that bugs me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I doubt like other teams are completely taking away pits. I mean, Ridley's on the team. Um, I don't know what they're doing, but it's it's a really bad pick. I have him in two leagues and especially one NFFC. And it's a really bad guy to have. I had Corey Davis that I could have started in my flex, I think, in that league. And I was like, ah, I got to give Pitts another shot. You know, I think I have Corey Davis in that league. with somebody I was trying to, I think it was Davis. And I'm like, because I have Mark Andrews and him. I took them both because Pitts slipped to the sixth round. So I just took him. And now I feel like I can't bench him because he's going to get three touchdowns a day I bench him. So these theoretical upside players are kind of a poison because, you know, if it were just like, some random guy who I had there who I drafted, if it were just like, I don't know, Juju, who I don't like and I didn't draft, I would just bench Juju. I wouldn't be worried about benching Juju. But I'm like worried about benching Pitts. And that's not good because, you know, now he needs a prove-it game. Now I'm going to have to bench him. He needs a prove-it game. But necessarily that prove-it game is going to be on my bench. So now I've just, you know, missed his best game probably. Uh, When it happens, I mean, maybe I'll still start him. We'll see what the matchups are. But, you know, it's not good.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to bench him because it's going to be harder to find anybody that's better, especially like in, no,
2: court. I've got a tight end. I've got Andrew. So I have uh, him in my flex. So it's easy to find. Oh, ah, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. You are the, you you are the double tight end guy. Usually one of them's Gronk, but uh, yeah, boy, did the Bucks miss Gronk badly. Or they what? really
2: missed him. Oh man. It was just, you could see they were, they were totally covered. A lot of the guys on the outside and Brady, his arms, not what it was. So it's like, that easy throw over the middle, he needs that. And Bray is just not up to the task. They really needed Gronk in that game. Really, I mean, he's an important player for them. That was such a dud that game, though. I watched it this morning. I was like, yeah, I, it was just a bad game. It was just not very good. I, Mac Jones played well, but it was, you know, the Patriots had a very conservative game plan, which worked because they could have won the game. But it was just, um, it was just very, you know, Brady to win yet not cover it was like if brady smashed it would be amazing or if belgick beat brady it would be amazing but for right. the bucks to barely win that's like the least satisfying outcome of all
1: agreed and it, it was really uh it, and the rain had a lot to do with it i think that was that was part of it and no grunt i mean those are the two big things uh yeah it, you know oj howards is never going to become a thing at least in tampa uh, i i if he couldn't do it this week Although the Pats, I think, are pretty good against tight ends. I think their oppo- opponent ranking against tight ends is really high. But
2: What's more likely, O.J. finds the real killers or O.J. Howard has a good career?
1: <laughs> he and Rojo together. Rojo scored, though, of course.
2: Yeah, Rojo scored. Right
1: after everyone gave up on it. I'm still out of the Rojo business. I don't think he's that good. but uh, He's all
2: right. He's a good he's a good banger between the tackles, but there's only so much utility for a guy like that, especially if he's a head case, which is what they're saying. Um The thing about OJ Howard, which I didn't realize because I'm not a college guy, he didn't do much in college. He didn't have like a huge college career, which is kind of crazy because he was just such an athletic freak. He got drafted so early, but I don't think he had yeah. a huge college. I want to look this up again because I remember looking at it and being like, "Wait, that's all he did?" And he was drafted that high. I just assumed he crushed it in college. It's just
1: because he had signature plays. He he was, you know, where he was such a freak. Um, and it's of course it was Bama where they ha- have so many different o- uh, options there. But yeah, the most yards he ever had was 602 in his in his junior year. Uh, wasn't even a huge red zone target. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he had,
2: it... he had seven touchdowns in his whole college. I mean, four years.
1: Yeah, and. Maybe, you know, maybe all of us carping thinking, okay, O.J. Howard was a generational talent. I mean, we're the ones that are wrong. I think it was one of those where the, you know, the size-speed combo and all right. that, you know, yeah. it is enticing. You would see him make a signature play. Like, why don't they do that more often? Well, maybe it's just the routes he runs generally aren't that good. You know, that, that's possible. Um, maybe he's not that good of a blocker, so he doesn't get on the field as much. You know, these are, there's are things. We it's just weird saying, when, a, oh, when a Bruce guy was... Arians what's he doing? Yeah. You know, why is he playing him more?
2: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The dude who sits here in the chair versus guy who sees him every day. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. Although I, Bruce Arians, I think that guy's out to lunch anyway, but, but yeah, it is really funny how nobody, and, and I'm guilty of saying Bruce Arians, he's got OJ. but you know, why do they draft him? You know, if they're not going to use him, but if the guy's not good, he's not good. And it is hilarious how we don't go back in time and say, oh, that take I made was totally wrong. I had no idea what the right. hell I was talking about. Right. I remember Bill Simmons when uh, the Texans took um, yeah, yeah. Mario Williams over Reggie Bush, Bush. right? Bush. Yep. The there needs to be sense some... Test. The Department yes, yes, yes. of Common Sense. And yeah. it's like, and it's like, no, Mario Williams had a more valuable career than Reggie Bush. He was a pro bowler, double-digit sack guy uh, from a, like an edge rusher position. It's just so funny that like, you know, but, people, you know, we're still going to have takes regardless.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the fact is we do remember those takes. And, we, you know, there are people that remember, you know, Mel Kiper Jr.'s whiffs also. They're, yeah. they're there. Um, You know, if I were more of a draft nick, I'd probably be tracking that a lot better. But, uh, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, the game I got the most wrong this week was Arizona and, and the Rams. I thought the Rams were an elite-tier team. And I still think they're – they, they might still be. I think it's hard to maintain that high level every single week. But this was a big, huge division game in Arizona. I thought it was a prove-it game. I thought that they kind of had trouble putting teams away sometimes. They had no trouble with the Rams at all. None. I mean, th- this was they were clearly the better team all the way through this game.
2: Yeah, I, it was surprising. I mean, I thought Arizona would cover, and I thought it was a good spot. But especially with the Rams beating Tampa, which is such a big win, like in terms of who's the best team in the conference, that was sort of settled that. So I thought it was a good spot for Arizona, especially with an easy game against Jacksonville last week. Uh, But I don't take a lot of meaning out of this. I I think if they played again um, in L.A., Rams would be like three-point favorites, Mm -hmm. um, maybe two and a half. Uh, I'm not saying the Rams would definitely win because that's almost a 50-50 game, but... I don't I think Arizona's good. They're a good team for sure. Um I think the Rams are a good team. I think the Rams are probably slightly better, but they're close. Um I think that it's just unclear right now like who the best teams are and uh, I would still like if I were betting on who's going to win the Super Bowl, I would probably have the Rams ahead of Arizona. Not by much, but by a little.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, you know, the drive that struck me is when they started on their own 1 yard line after the goal line stand and just marched it down the field. Uh, that that to me was like, "Oh, you know, and they were all runs, you know, Chase Edmonds had that huge run, but they were, they were dominating the line of scrimmage against the Rams. I was like, mm, did not expect to see that. Uh, and so, you know, and maybe it's just that just, they were, you know, the Rams were like, Oh, that was our last chance. And they was, they were deflated possibly, but you know, Arizona dictated that entire game. I, I was, I was really impressed. Uh, AJ green two weeks in a row has done something. Um, yeah. You know, as Alan is mentioning in the comments here, Still has a little gas left in the tank. Um, it The thing is, I as a Bengals fan, I watched a lot of A.J. Green last year, and he had nothing. He And maybe, though, it was a case there where the whole team malaise dragged him down, and now he's got a new lease on life. We've seen that happen before. It might be more just he, he's landing in a better spot than – as opposed to uh, – who's the example I'm always seeing? Andre Johnson. It, it's you know, he's not Andre Johnson. He actually has still something left. He's not going to be a dominator, not on that team, but he's going to be, con, uh, con, you know, he's going to be productive and contribute.
2: Yeah. It also could be that he really wasn't a hundred percent healthy last year. And now he is, and it's, mm-hmm. he's on his last leg. Like, this is his last hurrah of like being pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm probably not bullish on him still. Um, and, or him staying healthy. So I just a blip, I do have Hopkins in a bunch of places. So, I'd like them to be a little more target hoggy toward him and not spread it around so much, but it's working, yeah. so you can't really bitch about it too much. Right? Um, I like uh, I, I like Kyler Murray the way he's so elusive, man. I I mean, I, you know, Lamar Jackson's probably the better pure runner, and maybe Michael Vick was too, but like, it's just impossible it's to get a hold of Kyler Murray. That guy is so like shifty and skittish and quick. It's like he's just like he's just un. Uh, just ungettable. And so I think that, you know, it's, you know, remember Vic made it to an NFC title game and Vic's numbers as a passer were never that good, except with the Eagles that one year. And I kind of think like there's an underratedness to these running quarterbacks that just the defense just gets destroyed by it. Like it's just so hellish to deal with. And you always, when you're playing against one of these guys, it's like so frustrating to deal with them. So. I don't know. Maybe Arizona has more ceiling than it seems um, with Kyler back there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, got some news. Uh, just broke. Joe Mixon has a low ankle sprain. He is week to week, Adam Schefter is reporting. So uh, we saw that he missed the final drive on Thursday night. Kind of, we always forget about the Thursday night game when we're kind of reacting here a little bit. We I know we talked Bengals earlier, but this just came out. I mean, between Damian Williams and, you know, Samaj AP Ryan we're going to have some interesting pickups uh this week
2: yeah it's uh it's it's you know the, t- the standard like backup running back that's not already rostered when right the, when the oh, when the guy gets hurt right there's always that and I think right. I mean I had Hubbard and I picked him up in one league I didn't of course Sam Darnold stole his O line carries but you know and and you and mixing it's, it's a low ankle sprain it's definitely not going to be a long-term thing so um you know, probably it's a one-week rental if you're picking up P. ride
1: But you, what? Sometimes that's whatever needs you to get through the week, though. Too, um, it, it's definitely the case. Well, Williams, you know, probably is rostered in a lot of places. Thinner leagues, he's going to be available. Uh, compare and contrast those two guys with AJ Dylan, because we did have a question earlier in the in the pod uh, from uh, Joe, and he was mentioning uh, Trevor Lance available. Uh, you know, Alex Collins, AJ Dillon, and then he goes Andy Williams also. Uh, so, you know, these are guys that you can go with or, you know, Dylan, who finally got a lot of workload, uh, last week, uh, or this week, I should say against the Steelers. Who would you rather have?
2: I mean, I would rather have Williams cause Montgomery, well, I mean, we're going to know more. So it's like, just, we're kind of in the dark of like, right. Like, of what we're yeah, actually yeah. getting, but like, it seems like Williams is a home run if he's, you know, if, if Montgomery's out for a long time, but Dylan got work, you know, he got some work uh, yesterday for finally. And, uh, I don't know if that's going to continue or not. I don't know what the, what's the deal. Like, is, is that a new deal where they're splitting or is, you know, they're just giving you know, they just gave Jones a rest in that one particular game. So I don't know. I think the problem with Dylan is you're going to have to have like a, you know, like another show me game before you can use him, And then, you know, if he has a dud game in between there, then you're like, you're never going to get to use them. So Dylan, I still have in places, but it's mostly in case Aaron Jones gets hurt.
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. I think you might be right about there. Yeah, I go Williams first, too. We'll find out more about Mixon. We'll find out more about uh, Montgomery and that, that might, might dictate some things. Um, before we talk a little Niners and Seahawks, a quick note from our friends at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free 6-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim that free RotoWire subscription. 1. Visit rotowire.com/thrive. 2. Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. 3 play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Thanks to the folks at Thrive. Thanks to our uh, sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, Jeff and Chris here, we're we're recapping week four. One last uh, game I wanted to bring up was uh, Niners uh, and the uh, Seahawks there. Very weird game. Seahawks took forever to start throwing the ball, I thought, against the Niners' banged up corners. Once they finally did good things happen, you know, granted, I think a lot of that was also the pass rush getting to Russell Wilson. I think they're having a hard time protecting Wilson, but uh, you know, once they did, it started working out pretty well. Uh, and of course on the Niners' side, we haven't have a quarterback issue.
2: I think Lance is just the guy. I think it's over. Uh, Garoppolo's hurt yet again. Uh, I think it's good. I think they got lucky that Garoppolo got hurt because he's not that good. And Shanahan, for God knows what reason, wasn't willing to pull the trigger. You cannot trade up for the number three overall pick, put that much capital into it, and then just sit in behind a Jimmy Garoppolo-level guy who's probably not going to win you anything with the current roster. So I just feel like they needed to just turn it over to Lance 100% and find out everything they can for the entire year and then decide, is this a mistake or not? That's that's the information you need. And th- there's more upside for Lance because Garoppolo's not that good, and they got lucky that Garoppolo got hurt, so they can just do that and get it over with. And I think Lance played well enough that he's going to start next week. I don't know if Garoppolo would be healthy anyway, and uh, they just they just have to get it over with. And I, you know, I thought Lance kind of passed the eye test. He was a little herky jerky, but yeah, better than better than Fields. And you know, and Fields just, was
1: a little better this week than he was last. Of course, yeah. Lions versus Browns, uh, right? Big difference there. Um, yeah, we didn't mention Browns Vikings at all either, by the way, uh,
2: wasteland the Browns defense. Maybe it's really good. You know, it's looked, it
1: looked really legit. They, 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 you know, they, they couldn't do anything after that first drive. It was wild how they moved down the field very easily in that first drive and then nothing kiss after that.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was an ugly game and I didn't watch that much of it. I saw that Dalvin cook got like nothing, but no one of the Browns did much either. I mean, and then Nick Chubb has been like, he's getting like, he's given up goal line carries to Hunt. So now it's like, he's useless. He's Fred Taylor and Hunt's Maurice Jones-Drew. I, I love that pair because Fred Taylor would get more carries mm-hmm. and get, and they're all between the 20s. And Maurice Jones-Drew would get the catches and the goal line that for that right. stint where they were both. Maurice Jones-Drew was the full-time guy after he left. But it was just, and you're like, Fred Taylor's, you can't even use him almost. And, and Chubb's just getting these sort of empty yards. Um, and a lot of carries. I'm sure will get some goal line carries, but they it's almost as though they think Hunt is the goal line guy.
1: Yeah, that was weird and super annoying. Uh, like, come on. Yeah, it's like that, because especially they failed. I mean, they got lucky. They got bailed out on, on a penalty in the end zone where they, they should have been forced to kick another field. Baker Mayfield was terrible in this yeah. game. And this is yeah. a very exploitable matchup, too. The Vikings DBs are not that good, um, at least – I don't think, I think, you know, Breland is very exploitable, Uh, but we'll see. I mean, maybe that changes, but uh, I was kind of underwhelmed by him. Uh, I just, and meanwhile, all these rookie quarterbacks had their, you know, all had incremental improvement. Uh, Wilson was much better in the second half than first half. Lawrence was better. Uh, He lost DJ Chark and Chark's done for the season. They just put him on IR, but uh, you know, that, that was brutal. Um, Fields was incrementally better. Uh, I think they're all kind of getting a little bit better just not to the same sort of heights that we expected yet.
2: No, I, I think this was a, a real correction week. We talked about this all last week. Like yeah. it, it's, you know, Rufus like, Oh yeah, they struggle early and that's right. He's correct. But this was not normal. This was well below um, expectation for all these guys. And yeah. a couple of them are going to end up being flops and a couple will probably end up being really good. And, you know, probably Lawrence is the most likely to be good, but you don't really know, which, you know, it's hard to know in advance. Who would have thought, you know, Josh Rosen and Darnold were the flops and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen were the stars? You know, I mean, nobody really knows, you know, um, Darnold may not be a flop long term either, but nobody really knows heading in. Um, but, but like this, this class, it was way too floppy. I mean, it could, you know, they could all just be flops by luck, but that was unlikely. And so right. the they were playing just terrible. And this whole week, every single one of them had their best game, everyone, every quarterback. And, they all played like, you know, I watched Lawrence on Thursday night. I was like, this guy looks like the number one overall pick. He looks really good. Um, he ran well. He made good throws. Um, Wilson looked much better uh, this week against Tennessee. I know it was an easy matchup, but, you know, they all looked really credible. Even Mac Jones like looked like Chad Pennington. You know, he looked like he was making good decisions, getting rid of the ball against a tough defense. So I thought they all looked pretty good
1: yeah you know as you mentioned that punt in the second half was just really bad too i mean the big problem was that defense and you know that that's the thing that's a little bit tricky there so i i don't know um you know because the defense got zero stops in the second half zero Bengals scored had four drives they scored on all four of them you just you, you can't give it back to them and you know. I, I didn't mind the goal line decision in the, at the end of the second quarter. If they went, if they score that touchdown, it's probably game over. Um,
2: so oh, man. That was that's the other survivor thing. You know, 900 out of like 3,000 people had the Bengals in my big pool. So that would have been seismic. I know. I forgot about that first half. But, you know, that was the stuff yeah. on fourth down. Okay. You can't really bitch about that. Sometimes you don't make it on fourth and goal. Um, and it was so but, close but to making punt, it
1: too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it was,
2: but the punt, it, I mean, it was like who wants to win the game, us or them? Okay, let's punt it and let them win it. It was based on the decision. I mean, you know, you you got to, especially when you're not going to compete. I mean, why not? You know, I once read a poker book where the guy says, if I'm really 50-50, I always call. If it's really 50-50, why not find out whether you had it or not? You know, Mm -hmm. why not find out if the guy's bluffing? I mean, if you think he's probably not bluffing, don't waste money just to find out. But if it's really, if you really, and it's hard to be objective in a poker hand, a big poker, but like, if you really think it's really about 50-50, always call, you know, always go. If it's 50-50, always try to win. I I just think like that's, you know, and I don't even think it was 50-50. I think it was like 60-40.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, And so, yeah, but I'm thankful. Thankful for that. Really appreciate their fourth and four from midfield. Uh Just, yeah, just thank thinking- you. wasn't as
2: bad as Peyton's Pay- 58-yard field goal on fourth and three. No. That was just so crazy. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that was that was one of the most insane things I've seen a coach do. There was a lot year.
1: of fourth down failures. There was the, you know, the Hurts play we talked about. How about also uh the Steelers' fourth down plays running short of the sticks constantly? Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, two weeks in a row right. they've had – hideous play calls on fourth down uh the niners ran the end around on fourth and two that didn't work uh and the broncos punted like it was going out of style now i understood on a couple of those punts it was like there was one where it was fourth and 19 but you're still you're down two scores uh, and our and or it was like 20 to seven in the fourth quarter what do you expect how are you going to win by punting it away i just don't i i, I know how bad drew lock was but
2: the annou- the announcers are so bad too they're always like Oh, there's five minutes left. They're down 14. I think they might have to go for it here. What do you think? Do you think they should? It's like they 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 act like this is a decision to make, where yeah. it's like, of course they're gonna go for it. And it's just so it's so weird. They're like living in this like credulous world of like deference that doesn't even exist. I don't know. It's very, it's it's always off-putting when like bad announcers are calling your game, the things yeah. they say. It's like they're they're talking to like a they're talking to you like you're a five-year-old or something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to miss the Manning cast tonight because they were actually questioning things. Uh, it was great at the end of the uh, Dallas Philly game at the in this or in the end of the second quarter, right before halftime. Is like, you know, I just talked to Mike McCarthy over the weekend, and I'm fear he's not going to take my calls anymore because I was criticizing his time management. You know, because he was like, "Why didn't you call timeout? Why wouldn't you want to get another score?" Right. Um, and then Dallas used a weird timeout at the end of the second quarter yesterday when they had no chance of scoring. You know, no chance of even getting the ball back. It's like. Do they, do they teach you to do the opposite of the right thing in the you know yeah. time management school? But it's pretty uh, funny. But, uh, you know, Manning struck a, a chord because he's like, you know, he, he demonstrated that whole access versus analysis thing. And, yeah. you know, a lot well, of, we, we've, been
2: we've been harping on this for 10 years, right? Yeah. And like these guys, they're nutless monkeys. And the thing is, Manning doesn't need access because he's got it forever because he is the NFL, the Manning family, Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He is the access. Like they need access to him, right? Like he doesn't need access to the coach. He can get access to anybody. He knows everybody. So he Mm -hmm. can just be outspoken, you know, whereas like all these like announcers that are trying to move up in their profession and they're not, you know, that established, like if they're kind of, you know, uh, questioning of some of the coaches and the coaches don't like them, you know, they probably know somebody who knows somebody and pretty soon it's like, oh, we just didn't re up with you uh, where we decided to part ways. We've decided to go in a different direction, you know, and that's that, you know, so it's, it's really, but it's a bad product because of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's how you critique. I mean, you can critique without calling him a nutless monkey. Uh, but No, no, no,
2: no, you have to call him a nutless
1: monkey <laughs> or, or a real man or whatever yeah, uh, it's Real man
2: or nutless monkey, there's nothing in between Nothing, nothing at yeah.
1: all Oh, what a perfect ending point Alright, that's going to close up today's pod want to thank everybody for their comments in the forum Really appreciate that uh, And thanks for everyone for listening uh, Winbet is our sponsor, they are exclusive sponsor All Fantasy Season, we appreciate them If you're in one of those six states that can Utilize Winbet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T Please do so